Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Happy New Year, Bob. Walking into 2021. Are you ready? Are you excited? You got huge plans and big expectations? Jimbo, I'm I'm cautiously riding the gas and the brakes at this okay. time. You know, I'm driving with two feet. Okay. I'll say this. Two feet, like a go-kart. You ever driven a go-kart? Oh, you yeah. probably have driven a go-kart. You're from the South. Oh, yeah. I, ha- I had a dune buggy go-kart. You, you did. Man, you are my friend and my hero. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I lived in the country for a short season, what I consider the country, and so we had 10 acres, my neighbor had 10 acres, my other neighbor had 10 acres, and we're all the same age, and I had a dune buggy go-kart with uh, off-road wheels, and they each had four-wheelers, and we would play capture the flag with BB guns. <laughs> of course oh, you man. did. <laughs> Was that near Laurel, Mississippi? It is not far from Laurel, Mississippi. See, yeah. That is my favorite town. If and I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna venture out here and say I'm just gonna confess to the boot camp audience. One of my favorite TV shows is Hometown from Laurel, Mississippi. There we go. Ben and Aaron just redoing house. That's a replanter in me, you know. Take something old and ugly and make it beautiful and new. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Laurel's a great place, man. We gotta figure out some time to get down there. Lots of good stuff I could to show you in my old stomping grounds there in Hattiesburg, Summerall. That whole area. We should do like a live uh, boot camp series of podcasts in your favorite uh, southern places as as we're eating some of your favorite food, southern food. Do a boot camp podcast. I think that would be good. Kind of like Guy Fieri. We maybe we could get a dune buggy and we, we could say, <laughs> <laughs> "Hey, <laughs> this is Bob and Jimbo, and we're rolling out." Just like Can Guy I tell Fieri. you, look, diners, drivings, and dives is literally my dream job. Yes, I, I can't think of anything I would rather do than drive an old muscle car around the country and visit diners and drive-ins and, and dives. I mean, I can't. I literally can't think of anything I would rather do. Yeah, did you put that on the Tom Rainer? What would you do if you weren't being a pastor? <laughs> Comments. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Tom Rainer and things that we find on the internet, our topic today. <laughs> is how did COVID change the internet? Al Gore invented it, and then, you know, others perfected it, I guess, and then all of a sudden, 2020 hit, corona hit, and it changed absolutely so much of how we view and interact with the internet as churches, uh, churches that have never live-streamed before, have figured out some way to to do that. Some of them I've seen and think maybe you shouldn't live stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should figure out something else to do. But we've got a special guest with us today, Wesley Lewis, uh, president El Presidente, CEO, founder, man in charge at 180 Digital, our sponsor. Yeah. Hey, I'm glad to be here with you guys today. Thanks for having me again. I mean, it's been a little bit since I've been on the show, but uh, glad to be here. Man, has 2020 been the craziest year ever? I mean, everybody's saying that. We all understand that. But it has, especially with digital communication, things like that, it has revolutionized uh, what the churches are doing, you know, top top to bottom. 
bit large and big. It's just uh, one of those things that, you know, we weren't expecting, but happened. And um, God used it to, to kind of push us forward as a church. I mean, it's, it's been, been good from that perspective, not good from other perspectives, but uh, God's really used it to do some, do some new things. I think so. You know, one of the things that um, a lot of us, and I'll, I'll put myself in this camp, um, we were not live streaming services intentionally for, for a number of reasons. And one is, is we just didn't feel like we had the capacity and the bandwidth to do it. And we, and we just didn't feel like necessarily that was something we would pursue. And now I cannot get on Facebook and not see multiple feeds of churches who are now live streaming their services. So I think the minority are not doing it. I think mm-hmm. everybody almost in, in these days is, is live streaming a service. Yeah. What well, my favorite thing about that is, um, it's just really been about the church becoming present on social media in, in ways like it never has been before. Um, so Facebook really recognizing, hey, churches are really taking up a large amount of our bandwidth on Sunday morning, streaming all these services and everything. And, and everybody else just knowing, hey, there's all these, you know, religion in America, especially Christianity, is something that has been a staple of our society, but has been pushed to the background and is now really becoming back to the foreground. And I'm excited to see uh, new opportunities come out of that for sure. I think we've definitely seen, uh, Wesley, would you agree? Maybe there's just a lot more, not just churches, but I mean, the internet in general, like took a huge bump, I think with coronavirus and everybody trying to figure out how to do everything socially distant and online. And, uh, talk to us a little bit about what the, how that impacts how churches specifically, smaller churches like we're going to deal with mostly with smaller budgets and teams, uh, how that impacts how they approach uh, their online presence. Yeah. So, I mean, during, during coronavirus, during 2020, generally speaking, there was a 20 to 30% increase in overall web traffic, which uh, is really crazy. I mean, the amount of amount of traffic there is on the web in general is, you know, so much, but to have that 30 to 40%, even in some areas increase, really has driven up this idea that knowing that you know, your church, especially your website, is the front door of your church. So we have to prioritize digital communication. And it isn't that we prioritize that over something else, but we have to do it. We have to be involved with it. It's not something that we can just kind of ignore anymore. And what's been really interesting about those statistics as you dig into that is you would think, oh, it's all been on mobile devices, but that really hasn't been the case, which really has risen a lot due to a lot of the streaming is a lot of the smart devices we have, you know, TVs and, and things of that nature. So a lot of that traffic has been driven by that more so than mobile traffic. And also a lot of people have been coming back to using their desktop because they've been stuck at home. And so uh, it's really been interesting to see that kind of level off where it hasn't all been mobile. Um, so, you know, kind of thinking through that, we've got a lot of opportunity for churches to, be involved in ministry who never a digital ministry who never done that before. And, and so, you know, I see a lot of churches that are waking up to that and, and getting involved with it. I mean, it's something that we can um, it's really just ripe for the picking. If you have just, just choose to get involved. And a lot of, a lot of churches, large and small had to, they were forced to, um, which, you know, sometimes we don't move until we're forced to. So sometimes being forced to do those things is good for us, like taking our vitamins, you know, 
Uh, we, we like to, we, we won't necessarily do it unless we have to. Um, so a lot of churches have had to move into that arena. And, and like you said, with Facebook, it's filled with these live streams and these feeds of, of people doing church online. And um, while there's some doing it good, some doing it maybe not so good, it's still all in all just a testimony to, uh, you know, all that, that, that God is out there and that churches are, are being visible and doing lots of ministry online now. You raise a good point, Wesley. One of the things I, I'm challenged by is, um, you know, essentially I'm a bivocational pastor, work full-time for the North American Mission Board, and then also lead the local church. And we're a normative-sized church, and we're even smaller than we were during, uh, you know, before COVID hit, because we have people that are not attending, and therefore people are not serving. And so, there's certain kinds of levels of what we're able to pull off because of, of my schedule, because of capacity volunteers, because of new learning curve, those sorts of things. If you were to kind of lay us just a, a ground level essentials, just do these are the basics in terms of like surrounding a service and then maybe some follow-up with, with that and some media perhaps, what would you give us just kind of the starter kit that we're not going to charge three ninety nine for, but just this advice that you give us, Give us a starter kit of advice of taking your church and meeting some of the essential requirements for an online presence. What would those be? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, most uh, church interaction is going to happen on Facebook as a social media platform. Typically, that's because, uh, you know, honestly, a lot of people that are using Instagram and you know, some of the other social media networks like TikTok are, are trending younger so those are a younger audience, but understanding what your audience is. And for the majority of churches, that is going to be engaging on Facebook. So whether that is starting um, Facebook groups, you know, for small groups or for your church, just to be able to interact and update information is one of the big things that's happened in 2020 is the need to get information out there quickly because things were constantly changing, especially as we originally were kind of expecting this thing to only last, you know, a couple of weeks and then maybe a few months. And now as things have progressed this whole year, knowing to be able to get that information out there quickly. So having that, uh, that Facebook page where you can post that content and, and live streams and uh, get that out there, but also as well, you can't just rely on just one platform. I always say, uh, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. You need to spread them out a little bit while you may be, putting the majority of your content on one um, platform, you still need to be reaching out in other ways. And so some ways to do that, you, most you think, well, that means I have to start using Instagram or something. That's not necessarily the case. Email is another great way. It's a digital, it's a form of digital communication that you can reach out to your, your church and, and get the information out there to people. And um, you know, it's often under, it's just one of those things a lot of people don't think about that you can use email it is something that is, is really powerful, especially for some of this older generation. They have come on board, if they weren't already, with, uh, with getting email and doing social uh, media and things like that. So they're out there. So making sure that you're pushing things out there, not just on social, but through email and especially your website, keeping that up to date with regular information. Uh, we're, we're in the past, you know, website, which is our primary kind of bread and butter, is uh, you you would set it and sometimes it wouldn't be changed for a period of time. But now, you know, especially with our clients we work with, we're, we're updating websites regularly every single week just to get that, that consistent information out there because um, a lot of the times people sometimes will want to 
replace their website with social media. But the reality is that the idea with social media is you want to be driving people to your website, not necessarily taking people from your website to social media. So you want to be driving people there. So whether you're doing social, uh, doing uh, services online or posting um, announcements and things like that, you know, you need to be doing it on your website as well. So I would just say, Hey, get on social, start sending out some emails, get you a good email list going for your church, whether you're using your, your, uh, church management software or something like that, send those out. Um, and as well, text messages can be another way that is pretty simple. I'm not sure if I really call that community, you know, digital communication, but it is another way to be able to communicate with your, um, your congregation, you know, and, and then in a, in a minute's notice, like something happens on Friday or Saturday and something needs to change on the service. And, uh, you know, we've had churches around here who all the pastors were exposed on a, on a Friday or, or Saturday and all of a sudden they can't have service at all. And so they've got to get that information out there. So you need to have those methods to be able to shotgun that information out in as many ways possible to be able to get as much exposure to that as you can. So uh, that, you know, I would say kind of just start there by being involved in getting those platforms up and going. So creating Facebook pages is important. That's some really good, helpful advice. I, I think one of the things we're finding is that depending on the age of our congregant, it, the stream of communication matters. And so your, your statement about using multiple streams is important. Most of our young folks um, really don't use their laptop or their desktop. Uh, they do for work, but mobile device helps them. And, uh, and then some of our senior adults, interestingly enough, Dottie, our, our 95 year old uh, day one, you know, founding church member from way back in the day of Sherwood Baptist, she texts, and but she doesn't have a computer and she doesn't really have the internet at home. So phone reach our very young families and Dottie, I'm going to have to send a text. And, and uh, we use a, a software package called Flocknote that's helped us. I don't know that it's the best one, but it's the one that our, uh, our replant resident found for us and we continue to use it and it's, it's serviceable. I'm sure there are tons of them out there. Yeah. I mean, whether you're, you're using there and there's a lot more platforms, there will be continue to be more and more platforms as people are developing this mm-hmm. because the need is there. And now people are actually grabbing a hold of that. And one thing that I, I really have seen uh, interesting was with, with churches who are streaming online, the importance of having some sort of online response form. Um, so being able to get that information, typically we would have, you know, cards in the pews or something like that for people to be able to fill that information out, drop it in the offering a plate when it came by, but now we have to have a way for people to be able to respond. And, and whether that's through a form or sending a text or something like that. So whether, you know, you're, you're preaching a message and you're asking people to respond in a certain way or give to a certain cause, you need to have those sorts of things set up and ready to go so that people can, uh, you know, be able to do that easily. You don't want them to go through too many hoops to have to, uh, to be able to respond to anything that you're asking them to do. Sure. So like you, when talking about steps, because this is one of the challenges we face is when I make a call for a response, um, the general call of, hey, greet one another online, let us know that you're out there. I get like zilch response. <laughs> it's just like, all right, thank you very much. But if we have another initiative, um, like we, we did a, an initiative where we said, hey, would you pray for the church and would you let us know that you're praying for the church? And would you would you be willing to sign up for a you know, a prayer list or prayer text notification. Had a lot of people sign up for that. And and so I think there's, there's some steps that you have to take to be a good, you can be a good um, call to action person in person, but calling people to action when they're, when you're not in person, 
that's a whole different ballgame, I think, in, in many ways. Yeah, people love to know, love to be asked what their opinion is. So if you're asking them questions, so, you know, asking them questions and asking them to type their answers in and then interacting with that, if you have the ability to be able to do that, whether that's even in a sermon or, uh, you know, one of the things that I have, I have loved me see is pastors take uh, that, take those, 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 uh, those lessons out of just Sunday morning. So whether that's them doing posting daily devotionals, but interacting more personally over and using social media as a platform to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, I think that's really kind of brought, uh, enable pastors to have that personal connections with their congregations, even though they haven't been able to meet with them face to face in some cases. So, you know, asking people when you're doing those sorts of things, or even in a sermon, Hey, what, what do y'all think about this? Or what's your opinion about this? Or asking them questions to get that level of engagement up. You know, and one of the interesting things about the way that Facebook prioritizes this is they want, they prioritize things that are engaging content. The way they, they get, they, they figure that out is post, uh, you know, uh, comments, likes, and types of engagement like that. So they're, they're going to push that out there to more people if they see that happening with your post and with your feed. So asking and try to engage with those social media audiences. And what, you know, it's been difficult is, and I, you know, I've been doing this as well as you, you're preaching, you have these people sitting right here in front of you. You've got the people in the pew and then you got the people online. How do you balance engaging both of those audiences? And, and a good way to do that is just to recognize that and to talk to both of those audiences at the same time, even though one is, right in front of you, the other is still there. You just cannot, you can't see them, but engage with them by asking them questions and have a way for people to be able to respond to you uh, online. So, I mean, I think really by embracing those things, you can uh, engage both of those audiences at the same time and really grow both of those ministries. Our family was exposed recently to another family that tested positive for COVID. And so we uh, were quarantined again for a little while uh, at our house. And so we worshiped from home yesterday, uh, when we're recording us on a Monday and we're worshiped from home and the church we chose to worship with from home added just a few, just two or three discussion questions to their Facebook post, recognized that several times within the live stream. And so when the live stream was done, we utilized those questions as a family and it really stepped up the whole experience for us uh, to be able to interact a little more instead of it just being static and sitting there. Uh, it gave us a lot better interaction. But Wesley, I wanted to just real quick go back to websites just for a second because you and 180 Digital create so many church websites, manage so many church websites what how what are the what are the things you've seen shift in what people are wanting to accomplish or how they're wanting their websites built and what what are the trends that you have seen as a guy who manages so much of that over the last year? Yeah, there's really been a shift over this year um, prioritizing function over form. I mean, it's always a best situation when you have both of those working well. But the main thing is that you can have a website that you can update easily. Um, and as, as things have progressed over the year, we realized, you know, online church is not something that we're going to be doing for a few months. It's something we're going to be doing from now on out. So therefore, we've got to prioritize online church through the website. So whether that's actually having your main call to action be 
um, you know, on your website, be, Hey, watch, watch church online and be able to make sure that people have access quickly and easily to the stuff that they're going to need to be able to have. Now that's always been the case with a website, but having that be, uh, even, even now be able to put out that information on a website. So whether it's sending out weekly updates and being able to have a place to post that, but the idea of having that form is you're going to have people who need to be on there uh, constantly updating that information. So while you might have a beautiful website, if you can't update it, and we're working with a client right now that has a beautiful website, but they have to go through about three different hoops to be able to update that content. So it's been a real struggle for them, especially this year, to be able to keep their congregation updated. So what we did is we come in, we reworked their website where they're able to post stuff, we're, we're continuing to support them and help them with that. Uh, to be able to get that information out as quickly as possible is another way to be able to reach their congregation. But all in all, this kind of idea of, of simplicity, and it was already a trend, um, but this this just idea that the website doesn't need to be so complicated. It can be pretty simplistic as long as it's functional. When you have a website that, that, that looks okay and is functional, people will, especially this year, kind of give you a pass on that. Uh, but if it's not functional and they go on there and the things don't work and the buttons don't click and the information's out of date, you know, they're, they're going to leave. We call that a bounce rate in my industry. They're going to land on there and they're going to be gone in a matter of seconds. And so you want to make sure that you have that out there. So there was already kind of a minimalist trend happening uh, with websites in general. Um, and that that's going to continue. But overall, you know, just understanding that a website doesn't have to be complicated, doesn't need to be functional. But it looks if it can look great and be functional, that's the best of both worlds. Uh, but make sure that everything is working correctly. So it needs to be easy to update, offer you know online giving capabilities, uh, ability to be able to embed your live stream on your website so people don't have to go to social media in case they don't have social media. Um, to be able to do all those kind of things to be a real a hub of all the different digital communication your church is doing. Wesley, one of the realities that we're hearing in the field and in our congregations is people are really suffering from screen fatigue, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're looking at the screen all day long. Kids are doing screen stuff all day long. How do we respond to that in not adding to screen fatigue so that people just check out or what are some things that we need to keep in mind as, as that's a new reality for, for folks? Yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody is communicating digitally right now. So whether it's even, like what we're doing now, you know, Zoom, how many Zoom meetings do we on and it just wears you out, you know, with, with students and, and people making sure that you're, you're engaging them online and offline. So, you know, Jibba had a really good example of having those discussion questions after a service, having some sort of way to be able to take the, the message that you're preaching and have it go longer than when the live stream ends. So being able to carry that over to conversations or to small groups or other ways that that people can communicate with each other that is relative to the topic that's being discussed, but isn't necessarily on a screen. Um, Because the reality is, you know, whether we're watching TV, so not just with meetings or working on our computers, working from home, we're also streaming all this TV. So, I mean, yeah, screen fatigue is a real thing, but be able to engage with people uh, even over the phone or other ways like that, just to be able to, have real conversations with them, but also engage them and equip them to be able to have something that they can uh, do analog. I'll call it that. So that it's not just all, all digital or online. Excellent. Uh, one last question is uh, what is that great looking hat 
on your head there, Wesley. Yeah, you notice this is a big old boot on my head. I am proud to sport this hat as uh, the primary and only <laughs> Replant Boot Camp sponsor. Uh, but yeah, I got, I got some free swag out of it. So that was a good we deal. We choose to, to use the word exclusive. Okay, okay. Exclusive sponsor. Yes. We, we think that's that carries with, a, with it a certain ring and cachet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're, we're, we're happy to sponsor what you guys are doing. Um, you know, we, we are all about working with churches and trying to help the church move forward. So uh, we're happy to be part of what you guys are doing and keep you guys moving forward. So yeah, look, if you're looking to figure out how to handle your website uh, or what you can do with it best, then as always, we recommend that you contact 180 Digital and let them talk to you about how to best serve you online and how you can best serve your congregation online. But also, this will be the last time I'll say this, I think. Um, this next week, we will be giving away our third and final Replant Bootcamp Black Ops hat for the three hat giveaway. Uh, and so we'll put a link in the show notes if you want to can uh, contribute your name in there and put your name in the hat, see if you can win it. And we'll send you one that'll be your very own. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.